Coming up in this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast, my co-host Mikko Pirhunen is back, and we're talking about all the action in the latest rounds of the postseason. Plus, we also have special guests Sasu Toika and Nina Nukarinen of Haminam Paloiliats men and women's teams. That's all coming up on this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. Um, sadly, Ron couldn't be with us today, um, but uh, it's me, your host Ian Alba, back in the UK. And joining me is my other co-host. He's man's best friend's new best friend and guru on all things Press Apollo, as well as dogs. Um, it's Mikko Pirhonen. Mikko, how are you doing? Doing well, thank you. It's, it's been quite a change all of a sudden. Uh, ever, like in the beginning of uh, playoffs, actually, uh, I moved to Italy and I've been watching the games from here and writing about the games from here. And uh, yeah, it's it seems weird that in like in modern times you can do that on like. Uh, you can do that also, like live. So you, you don't feel like you're missing any of the action because I don't think that I would have been actually there to watch the games, for example, today, even if I would be in Finland. But now I got to like watch two games at the same time and do the like the normal stuff. So it it's. Uh, it's good. Yeah, you're you're kind of living my experience um, for the for the past few years. You know, watch watching from afar. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's what I've been doing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you're looking very healthy, very um, very good, uh, very happy as well, which is uh, which is perfect. Um, and yeah, you know, I uh, I was over in Finland uh, until recently. And got to catch some games live, so yeah. I was I was living a bit more of, of your experiences until recently as well. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I'm very curious about to like I think that the people who are listening to the show are also curious to know about your experiences. But what was your like overall? experience how would you describe it when now that you finally got to see some of the stadiums and some of the things that you have been watching from afar well it's kind of weird in a way because um i've been i've been watching these uh, these games and seeing the stadiums in photographs and things for a very long time and to actually be there it i almost feel like i'm on a film set or something it's like oh my gosh i'm actually here 
Um, so it's kind of weird like that. Um, especially when I went to um, Valikenta in in uh, Hamina, that was that was a stunning uh, place to go and, and watch uh, Persepolo. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think it's a funny place in a in a good way because it it mixes like some of the history of like uh, the surroundings of uh, of the actual pitch. Is quite phenomenal and uh, reminds of the like the old a- ages and uh, yeah, there's a bit of a military vibe also there, uh, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it's a uh, th- those kind of places are uh, they they are my favorite kind of places to go play as an away team because they they are sure to apply pressure on you too when you, when you go there to play and uh but yeah it's uh some of the stadiums are uh i wouldn't actually call them stadiums as such but as experiences i i think that that's the key that they don't in persapalo they don't have to be like major league baseball kind of shows or or any any of the North American kind of you know uh, shows, but uh, but yeah, they are they are so different, and that's that's like uh, what really excites me. Well, I I agree. You know, I I got to see a bit of a cross section. Obviously, I went to the Italanza game at Pori. Um, so it was kind of a, a combination of going to Bori and, and seeing the Italansi game rolled into one. Um, Hervinka as well, I, I, I went to, uh, and, um, the Helsinki uh, women's team, uh, Royhu. Um, each place I went to was, was very different, but also really interesting. Um, I got to see a lot of different angles of the game, which of course you don't usually get to see on the, on the fixed camera um kind of games but it was really interesting to see the game play out in front of me um from those angles because i can uh, the only thing i can liken it to is when i went to go and see american football uh, for the first time uh, when the rams and the patriots were playing at wembley a few years back because you can you can see everything playing out in front of you in the field from all these different angles and all the movement um, and and the tactics at play, it was it was phenomenal and um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, yeah I'm itching to go back. <laughs> yeah, I mean in Petapalo the fixed camera actually once you get used to it and accustomed to it, it actually covers a lot of the like. The tactics too but it's still like just like in any other sport to actually go there to experience that to see the different angles to see that like the body language and stuff like that it just makes the experience so much more real it's like it, it sounds stupid to say but that's how it is and you can you can see how the spectators how they react and what kind of like 
what kind of energy there is at the stadium. It's uh, the, those kind of things are the ones that I, I look for. And uh, especially the energy thing. I mean, I, I can go to watch the, like the lower league games uh, with enthusiasm if I know that they are actually enthusiastic about what they're doing. And and in Superpass's level, with all due respect, there are some games where like the level of enthusiasm doesn't actually meet the requirements that I would like to see, uh, or in or in Ukkaspesis for that matter. But but yeah, it's like we have very different places with very different energies, and uh, it's uh, one of the one of the, how should I say it, one of the best aspects of this game. I mean, my my final experiences whilst I was over in Finland was um, doing the uh, cricket scoring um, for the uh, Cricket Finland and the um, uh, Sweden uh, T20 internationals. And it, it was really interesting to see the contrast immediately after <laughs> seeing some games literally like within 12 hours um and the the kind of fielding tactics in particular i i, I go on about it quite a lot um it's really really similar and a lot of uh, the energy movement uh is quite similar as well um i haven't done cricket scoring for quite a long time <laughs> and you use a lot of different colored pens and things and i picked up some colored pens um in Helsinki and I didn't look at the label properly and they turned out to be glitter pens so there's glitter <laughs> kind of scoring for this uh <laughs> this thing but there we are oh yeah yeah a little bit more glam- yeah. glamorous <laughs> if you want yeah yeah but uh yeah we've uh we've moved on from the regular season now and of course um, we're into uh, the postseason, and we've seen some very interesting uh, matchups so far. Um, obviously, uh, making it into the top eight, um, a little bit of a, a surprise perhaps was um, Patioki. Um, they didn't have too great a run towards uh, the end of the season, but the last couple of games, and that last game in particular, saw them uh, sneak into the top eight. Um it was interesting to see uh, Kempley make it. I know earlier on in the season we were talking about um, were they going to make it. They they were a possible contender for the uh, top eight um, as well. So it was it was really impressive to see them uh, make it. But Mansa's first choice, the team that they wanted to to pick, the team they picked and they played, and very nearly went out to, was IPV. Now we, when we were talking about the uh, the preseason um, reviews, previews for for these teams, I I don't think anybody that I saw anywhere was tipping IPV to make that top eight. Um, they 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 sort of came out of nowhere, and I know a little bit of it was the um, the shift from just regular points to the points per game. But I did a little bit of analysis on IPV following last year's performance, and I've contrasted it to this year's. 
And it's remarkable how you see IPV taking the chances that they didn't take when they were in similar situations last year and seeing some of those youngsters coming through. Um, so what do you make of IPV this season, Miko? Well, to begin with, uh, I think that in, in Pesapalo, the tradition has been that the coach of the year is the one whose team wins the championship. But I think that this year should make an exception because now that they changed the a game manager for this year, uh, a, co- a, a close friend of mine, a co-host for the Finnish podcast that we do for Portalinia, Antilis Anamaki, put it very well that they played like there's no tomorrow. Like uh, last year, when they had, for example, uh, Sami Paratanen and Tuomas Jussila in their ranks, they played a uh, smart Pesapallo and they they played it like tactically right. But the level of the players just wasn't good enough uh, when when push came to shove. But just but this year they played just against all odds. And they made like, for example, against Manse, they, they made those kind of choices that the percentages, the odds are against you. And they, they, they made it like uh, they didn't give Manse any ch- chance. And that was like the brutal part of it because they, the, like the choices that they made were the kind of ones that uh, there was no team in the whole game that could have stood a chance against those kind of hits in particular. And that that's the kind of uh, thing that if you are brave enough to go through uh, with the game plan like that, uh, we normally think in, in Pesapalla that in the end you will lose because the odds, like it's, it's like going to a casino that in the end, the house will win you. But they, they, they came so close. I mean, it was like, uh, if, if you get it, if you get to the point that Thomas Jussila has to like hit an RBI in order for them to like continue their season. And I'm not say, I'm not saying that Manse made a stupid choice. I, I'm saying that each and every one of the top five teams would have picked IPV because they, they were like sidelined because of the COVID issues uh, in the midsummer. And uh, nobody saw them as like the better team compared to Kempele, Paptioki, or even Hubinka for that matter. And uh, yeah, I mean, all of us who made any predictions, uh, we were made like fools. Fools and I'm, I'm proud of it because we, we, we really needed that. Mm. Well, we've, we've talked some time about uh, some of the predictability uh, when it comes to the top eight, that really there's a top four, now maybe top five 
and we'll come on to to that in a moment. Um, and th- th- this kind of started to shake that up a little bit and and brought a little bit of the magic back. Um, I, I joked a little bit um, on Twitter saying they were almost like the the kids who got picked last uh, for the team and then turned turned out to be superstars. You know, um, yeah. I was incredibly impressed with them. Obvi- obviously, um, they were going to be the first team that anybody would want to pick. They were the only team in the top eight with a losing record from the regular season. You know, they'd yeah. lost more games yeah. than they'd won. But um, but yeah, I, I think that. It says it all that, as you probably know, that it was the first time in the history of Superpesis that two series went to Game Five. Like in the in the whole history of, of men's Superpesis, so we we saw two series with the Game Five. So I, I think it's something that we all cherish to see. Well. IPV, um, they they sadly um, bowed out. Um, we also saw uh, Campolet uh, lose out uh, to KPL. Uh, that wasn't so much a surprise. Um, in that, you know, uh, three straight games. Um, Vimpoli as well, three straight games over uh, Patioki. Um, there was a, a couple of interesting storylines, I think, from the Vimpoli uh, and. Patioki game. Patioki was seeing a bit of a change uh, of um, uh, of the lineup. Obviously, we've uh, got uh, Sami Hapkowski's uh, leaving, um, Topi Kosanen, of course, retiring. Um, you'll see Hapkowski, the uh, game manager, has left. Um, it, it's it's going to be a completely new team, uh, really, next year. So it really was the end. Of, of a golden era for uh, for Patioki. Um, you know, a lot of those players I just mentioned were were there in the two thousand and eight year that they um, uh, they won the uh, championship. And from Vimpley's perspective, we saw um, Mikko Kanla coming back after um, taking that leave of absence earlier on in the year and battling his demons. So it, it for me, it was a bit of an emotional um, series between the two teams. Um, what did you make of the series, Miko? I think it was emotional. You're absolutely right there. And uh, Patioki absolutely scraped through to the playoffs with everything that they had. It was just the sheer willpower to get over the line and just to play for Topi. That was the theme for me because. We're talking about the golden era, but uh, he's about my age. When he went there, as like he was twenty-two, and I, I thought that is he is re- is he really good enough? I mean, we we had played against each other the year before, and it was like, is he the kind of Lukari uh, that could take them, could keep them? On a high level, because Patiuki had had that like the golden era before that, but they never managed to win the championship. And uh, then they had these quality players still within their ranks, and it was a big question that could he become one of the key figures 
of that team. And obviously now, 17 years later, we don't have to think about it because not only is he the one of the true gentlemen of the game, but also like the, the kind of a figure that will be spoken about in that region for decades. And uh, to be honest, they, they played really well against Wimpeli. So Wimpeli had to give everything that they got. And especially on the outfield, Batioki played well, but it was their like the biggest deficiency for the whole season. They, they just did, couldn't score if their lives depended on it. That's like, that's how it went. Yeah. Well, we we, we talked about last year's um, difficulties with um, Batioki not being able to get their offense going and uh, Yari Turman in last year um, being injured as well. And uh, this year was a bit more of the same in terms of their offense. And in fact, defensively, that's what that's what was driving the team. You know, their their solid defense was uh, was able to get them over the line. Quite the opposite, um, to a certain extent, for um, Vimpoli, whose offense has been uh, flying throughout the season. And um, I was so pleased to see when Mikko Kanala came back, and I was so pleased to see the community welcoming him back and and being supportive of him. And that that's really special for uh, for Pespala. You don't get that in in a lot of other sports, um, especially where there are intense rivalries and things like that. Um, what did you make of his return? Well, I, as I said before, I, I think that humanity has to play a big role here because we have to understand the scale of our sport and we have to understand that we are like, we, we have this game that one of the beauties of the game is that we have intense rivalries, but they... But at the same time, they don't like go too deep on like, they, they may be on a personal level, but they don't go too deep, like, like between the cities or so on. So I, I'm pleased to see him back on the field, uh, super pleased to see him uh, speak openly about battling his demons. And uh, I mean, it, it was a known fact that uh, he had had those issues before, but now that they came out to the public, I think that it will help him to move forward also in life. And uh, he's one of the role models for the kids. And, and I think that those kind of things, so, like speaking about it will uh, also help in like handling issues like that and uh, yeah he gives like he's so explosive he he gives so much to the like the to the lineup of Vimpeli and uh, if they will if they want to make it to the finals or win the title he he's one of the key players for sure the other um, quarterfinal that played out as if it almost was a final 
um, was the Sotokamon Yonsu matchup, which um, was, as you mentioned, another series that went to to five games. Um, it, it was incredible to watch. Um, it, it was wall to wall action. Um, you could never tell which way it was going to go. It was very close. And now that we have a top five this year, um, if Kite had not had so many injuries, it could have even been a bit of a top six. But the way these things might play out in the future, if we continue to have that same level number of teams, it means that we could be in for more years of exciting first round uh, in the playoffs, which we haven't really seen for, for quite some time. Um, obviously, you know, we, we spoke about IPV, um, but I think that's that's an outlier here. What What really is going to be interesting in the years to come is if they do stick with the top three teams being able to choose their first round opponents, who's going to finish fourth and end up playing that fifth team? Because that's the matchup. That's that's the real uh, crux there. I absolutely agree. And one of the things that will play its part is that the organization of Gembele has been built like really smart and in the long term and they will build it and they will make it even stronger and now that they made it to the playoffs for the first time i expect them to be like uh top five top six team in maybe next year maybe in two years and like challenge those teams that are uh, none of them is going anywhere so that that's for sure and uh, now now that we see the teams the within the top five there's basically there's nothing between them to be honest i mean uh the the winner of uh the series between Sotkama and Joensu could easily go all the way. I mean, it's it's like a coin toss. So it's like, uh, the like you said, it's like uh, that series was something that I don't think I've seen before because the series between Monza and IPV was the kind of one that we see, like, we, I don't see how, how often we will see a series like that, that an underdog of that scale will actually challenge the, like, the checkbook uh, powerhouse in that way. But if we talk about the sheer, like, quality in play, even though they played on a poor level. I mean, they, they, they didn't defend at all in the series between Sotkama and Joensu. But, but, but you, um, you never knew what, what, was, what would happen next and what, what kind of a, like, a, so it was a, a, a roller coaster doesn't like, it's like, I would have to come up with a bigger term for it, but it's, uh, 
even the how how it ended, it, I think it tells everything about that series that when the final whistle blew, that's when you knew who would go through, and uh, and yeah, uh, like I said, Monte and IPV played a series for the ages, but for me. The series between Sotkamo and Joensu was probably the most exciting that I have ever witnessed. Well, it's uh, it's moved on now. We've moved on to the semi-finals, and um, today, in fact, um, was the uh, game two between Mansa and Sotkamo, both having played to a full five games in the first round, and. Both of the games so far in this semi-final have gone to a scoring contest. I mean, it's it, it's incredible. It is. It's once again it's coin toss. I mean, there's there's little to separate the teams now. The now Monte had some like confidence and some sheer like brutality in in a right way in in their like especially in their batting after the break and uh, after that they were the better team but there's there's so little to separate those teams that okay anything can still happen but uh, being 2-0 in a best of five series obviously uh, when when you have the home advantage, now there's only one favorite to go through. And the only other team that's still in it that we haven't really talked much about um, is uh, KPL. Um, they managed to um, take victory at Sarakenta uh, in game one of the semifinals against Vimpoli, but lost today um, at home. It, it's a Again, it's it's another interesting series to be watching out for. Um, both of the teams are set up very differently, um, and of course, you know, Yannick Kivipelto has a great deal more experience as a as a pitcher than uh, Pertoruska. But of course, Vimpoli have that more explosive lineup than say KPL do. I'm trying trying to think of analogies here, it's almost. Um, like the the Spanish football side when they won the World Cup a few years back, that they're, they're the kind of team who will will do just enough to make sure they win and then sit back on their defence and, and and play the game out. Um, so it, it's going to be an interesting series to see how that um, that turns out. Um, what are your thoughts? I think that KPL is one of the most well prepared teams that I've seen in recent years. I mean, they are very well coached and they are very well prepared. They have different kinds of game tactics that they have gone through, like throughout the winter, throughout the season. They have like, they have known that the surface of their like home pitch would be changed and that would change the way that they can play over there. But they have handled that pretty well and uh, I, I think that they have been flying under the radar a bit I mean they, they haven't been spoken about as like 
champion candidates. But if we are to- if we are like watching the material that they have at their disposal, and we think that last year they were like they they got to Superboro in their home game and winning that would have secured that title. So I I still wouldn't I, I would never ever rule that team out. They are the underdog for me in that series. But but I think that in the first game they they managed to play like they, they were not doing well within their with their own batting but they they managed to play out the strengths of Wimpeli. And that is something that few teams actually manage to do at this stage of the season at Sarikenta. And uh, now now they just have to do that again. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that series go like, all the way to game five. Yeah. Well, I I did um, a little bit of analysis while I was on the plane <laughs> going over to Finland um, about the teams uh, in the top four. And I was looking at the games that they played against each other because I was interested to see how those teams may play out in a, in a semi-final series, assuming we had a very boring um, first round, and it was straight straight through for these first uh, these top four teams. And Sotokamo came out bottom of the pile of those four. In fact, they'd lost more games than they'd won against the other teams. But KPL came out on top, and I was really interested about that because, like you say, nobody's really been talking about them, but they're getting the job done. You know, they're not doing the, the kind of flashy... Um, that games that say Mansa that put up massive numbers, even in their final game against IPV, you know, some r- ridiculous scores. Um, but they're getting the job done. Um, you almost wonder as though, like you say, they'd been preparing this all all, all over the winter and uh, and training. You almost wonder that when they lost that final last year to Sotkamo, they said, okay. Well, we were this close. Let's make sure that we we get it, and they they've really worked on on those points. I think that's one hundred percent right because I think that their mindset is that okay, offenses win you games, but defenses win you championships, and that's that's what they do. I mean the. They defend. I mean, you don't see any flashy scores. You don't see any like brutal fifteen love kind of yakso scores from them. But like you said, they get the job done, and that's what what count, counts in the end. And it's like uh, now, now obviously they they are already at the semi-final stage. Uh, they they have to be given credit for what they did in the quarterfinal series against Kempele. They were so well prepared that they played out some of the actually very good quality strengths that Kempele had at their disposal. And uh, and yeah, I mean, 
if they just uh, if they get it all together i don't see any reason why they couldn't win the championship this year well it's it's anybody's to for the taking out of those four um it's going to be an incredible uh, postseason um and i can't wait to to watch it i'm i'm incredibly excited um the other matchup that we've had the the elimination matchup it hasn't really caught the imagination of everybody um not not many people have been talking about it um between um Sipe and Hamina but actually having seen the games um that was a really close uh, contest um it went to game 5 and it was it was on a knife edge most of those games to be honest with you um, I don't know if you caught any of the games, Miko. I did. And uh, especially since I know the history between the two teams and uh, also maybe the organizations because they played quite a heated uh, series between those two just a couple of years ago when Sipe was promoted to uh, Super Pesis. And... For me, it was like two different kinds of teams facing each other because uh, since Hamina got kind of surprisingly promoted for this season, they made some shrewd signings and actually put money on the table to get high quality like players to their ranks. And, and Siipe, on the other hand, lost their key players and they were struggling to get like spectators to the stadium throughout the season. And the general atmosphere was that, okay, if, if, if they lose this series and the future of the organization in, in Superpesis is actually in, in grave danger because their women's team in Superpesis also went to relegation series yeah. at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. So, but but now they both managed to maintain their status as super pesis organization, and and I congratulate them about that. But it was a really close game five, and uh, and you could see the intense feeling in the game and. For Hamina, it's a huge disappointment because I know that they would have had a platform to build on, and like getting getting relegated now is a really uh, like a, it's a really uh, tough tough thing to swallow. Well, I, I I agree entirely. I mean, it's it's such a shame for for Hamina because, like you say, they. They've made those really key, those good signings. Sasu Toika, who we're speaking to later on in the show, um, he battled with with injuries earlier this year. Matthias Hangesmaier, who um, we actually talked about in the preview show, again, struggled with injuries also. Um, And the damage was done earlier on in the season. But when they came then to the the postseason, CP played like they had nothing really to lose. You know, they they were going out there and because they had the home field advantage, and I don't know what it is, 
<laughs> whether they've got some kind of motivational poster in the um, in the dressing rooms at, at CP, but they played a hell of a lot better at home than they did away uh, this year. Um, so that was always going to be a, a, a tough mountain for uh, for Hamilton to climb. But uh, like you say, the, the, the uh, CP women's team, uh, I saw them play against um, Royhu and you know they 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 didn't have the same level of of um of talent as say some of the other teams in in the women's super basis and they were clearly going to be dragged into that um relegation fight but again they've managed to stave that off um it's going to be interesting to see now whether CP can um beat uh, Olin Lipo um to uh, secure that place in uh, super basis next year because that was the 2019 <laughs> matchup as well. So there's history there too. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see um, play out as well. Um, do you have any um, other thoughts about uh, the, the close of the regular season at all, Miko? Well, maybe a couple of words about the relegation series because... Uh... Yes, that the series between Sipe and Olulipo, it will be one to watch because uh, Lippo has the quality and they have, as the game manager, they have Marku Hülkela, who was the game manager for Wimbeli last year. And uh, they have quality players, they have uh, experienced players. They have younger players, so they can make it really interesting. And they can actually, they, they have every chance of winning the whole series. And and also in uh, in Ukospecies, we saw one of the, uh, like the big underdog uh, stories of, of, the re- of the recent years, that when Juvascular Lohi, uh, managed to like pull out a victory in a series against Buyan Pesis, uh, the local rival to Sipe. And uh, Lohi is like a small organization who is known for their enthusiastic fan base. And, and it's really like a, it's a really great game experience to go there uh, in Yuvaskula, basically in a in the suburbs of like Yvaskula and when watch the game and uh, it's a great atmosphere you will you won't get many of those even in superpesis and they had like away fans with all the banners in in Kuopia and stuff like that and uh, basically they went from promotion straight to like uh, getting into the next promotion like within a year or two w- without the to be honest with without the sheer quality in, in their ranks and now they are playing against uh, Kankampa and Maila who is like boasting experienced uh, superpasses players and they they will play this kind of a series that will be memorable for the underdog at least, but uh, I would be like, I would be more more surprised 
than IPv going through is they would actually uh, like uh, get the super status. But that's the beauty of the game that anything can happen. Mm, indeed, and it, it's it's been such an incredible year, and and like you say, it's. Um, they are massive underdogs and nobody expected them to be there and it's all over social media they're they're absolutely thrilled and their fans of course too um but they're they're coming up up against a big orange brick wall uh in the form of Kankampan Milo and I can't see them getting past it um the uh Ulanlipo um Siliarvi uh series I'm I'm tipping Gulu and um Partially because they've got home field advantage, <laughs> but that that's a series that could easily go to five games. It, it really could. I mean, when when you talked about the home advantage for Sipe, one of the key elements is that since the other side of the field, the third base side, has like a big natural wall that has some grass on it. It has like the players who come to play there. They are like for decades and decades. They they have been taught how to play there because and on the second uh, on the other side on the on the side of the second base, there's uh, there's the like the exact opposite. That if you hit hit it like uh, uh, you can hit home run anywhere from there so so they can pack the outfield really tight in certain situations and they know how to play there so it's it's completely different than playing on an open stadium such as Hamina or even Ohm so it's a it's a different kind of experience and of course there's the mental aspect as well well I as part of my previews for um, for the series against Harmina on, on the blog, I actually looked at their points per game average for home games and away games. For home games, it was 0.93 points per game. For away games, it was 0.17. Uh, that's how big the difference is. So, it, like you say, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see the series play out. Um, it, it's it's hard not to miss the the, the Mantu Hill um, when when watching CP play, and clearly that um, <clears throat> they'll need to find a way uh, to beat All on Lipo if they want to stay up in Super Places next year. So, I think that'll uh, just about do it for this half of the uh, podcast. Uh, join us. Uh, later where I'll be sharing some of my thoughts from the Olympic Stadium in Helsinki about um, the Italansi game and also uh, interviewing uh, Sasu Toika and Nina Nukaranen of uh, the Haminen men and women's teams. here at the Olympic Stadium here in Helsinki where the 1952 Summer Games uh, were held and in fact uh, this was the first place that Paspala was shown on the world stage 
with an exhibition match as part of the Games. The Olympic Stadium has a much longer history with Paspalo uh, since then, uh, which hosted a number of the Italanzi Games over a number of years. And looking around the stadium, I can see why there's so much space uh, for the game and there's so much seating that there wouldn't be a need for the additional stands like we've seen in recent years, in particular this year at Pori. Now, the Italansi uh, events have become much more difficult to score runs in due to the confines of the pitch itself. But actually, with the runoff areas here at the Olympic Stadium, you wouldn't have that same problem. I often compare Pasapolo to Rugby League in England because of the very similar dynamics that there are within the sport um, and the fan base itself. Within Rugby League, they have a cup competition that culminates each year in a game at Wembley Stadium, the final. The game itself is a huge spectacle and is a big draw for Rugby League fans across the sport, irrespective of which teams are in the final. It's a grand day out and it becomes a whole event for people to travel all the way down to London, as most of the fan base is in the north of the country. And it becomes this huge draw and this real big spectacle to put on show that sport. If the game were to return to the Olympic Stadium in the form of, say, Italanzi, it could be a huge draw. And I can appreciate some of the concerns and difficulties that teams had about playing a one-off final here. But Italanzi is supposed to be something special, supposed to be something exciting, something that crosses all of the teams and becomes part of the national game. So where else better to showcase that than here, at the spiritual home of sport in Finland? It could be a huge draw. It could put Pesopolo back into the forefront of many people's minds across the country, if not even the world. <laughs> I'm joined on the podcast now by uh, Nina Nukarinen of Hamnim Paloliat, who uh, is the number two batter on the Urkespesis side, hoping to make it into Superpesis for next season. So, Nina, welcome uh, to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> and it's it's an incredible um, journey for, for Hamnim, both in the men's and the women's side. Um, the team's obviously got a lot of uh, history. Um, you're, you're from Hamina originally, aren't you? Yes. Uh, how did you first uh, start playing Pesapalo? 
Um, I think I was around six years old when I first went to Pesi um, School, which is kind of like a little club or it's in Finnish it means school, but that makes it sound <laughs> a little bit too formal. But I was that kind of kid who always tried everything available and wanted to have hobby after hobby after hobby. And then I just sticked with Pesapallo. Um, For some reason, I don't know what actually got me into it, but here I still am. <laughs> well, you mentioned other hobbies. Um, one of the things that um, I often ask uh, people on the show and um, people in return often ask me is, uh, how did I get into Pesapallo? Well, what, what other hobbies do you have? Um, well, <laughs> during my um, history, especially when I was still living in Harmina, I kind of, I had tons of hobbies, so I'm not going to start listing everything I've ever done because we're going to be here all night. But um, at the moment, um, besides Pesapallo, I love all sports in general, but especially I go to the gym a lot and I work as a fitness class instructor. So I spend a lot of time in that environment. And then to balance that out, I like to just go on like long walks or hikes even and listen to a good book or my favorite music. And then outside of all athletics or sports or whatever, I like to um, play video games a lot and I really enjoy drawing. So those things kind of balance out the athletic side of me really nicely. We talked about uh, the fact that you're originally from Hymino and of course you've had um, a few years playing for some of the teams in the women's Super Pesis, but now of course you're you're back with Hymino and, and hoping to, to get them back into um Super Pesis uh, for next year. Uh, how does it feel to be playing for your breeder club once again? Um, it feels amazing. I'm not going to lie, but I know it sounds very like sugar-coated and cheesy to be like, it's so good to be home, but it, it is, it really is. And it has been, I, even a couple of years back, I kept saying that I'll, I probably won't ever come back or play for this team again or this club again. But then, well, <laughs> things and plans tend to change. So <laughs> I've really been enjoying playing for this club again. It's good to be home. And they were very welcoming, which helped a lot, of course. Well, it's um, we, we touched on the, the, the sort of history um, that Hamina has, and it's, uh, it's a beautiful um, stadium. I, I visited while I was over in Finland the other week. And um, it, it, it seems as though Paspola is very important to the town and a lot of the fans really get behind the team. Um, just how important is Pasapalo to the town? I think it's very important. I think it's definitely the biggest sport for the town, both in men's and in women's um, side of it. And I think, I mean, it's a small town. Let's be honest. There's not really tons of stuff to do. <laughs> well, there's the giant flagpole. I mean, yeah, of course you can take a look at that and then come see Pesapal. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a big sport for Hamina. And I, of course, I'm a little bit biased saying this, of course, but it's great. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you um, are the number two uh, in the team. So you, you're batting second. And one of the things that um, my co-host Mikko Pirhonen and I were talking about earlier on in the season was um, that kind of importance of the number two role uh, and linking up with the the lead-off hitter, the number one. What kind of skills do you think you need to be a good number two batter? 
Um, well, I think um, versatility and just um, how would I say this? Being creative, as in, I think um, I personally think you need to have more than one or two tricks up your sleeve when you're batting number two or number three, which I, I kind of am because we normally use our joker player before our uh, number one batter. But still, like I said, be just being creative, because if you only rely on one or two ways to solve the situations, uh, people, of course, will try to um, block you from doing that or stop you from doing that because they're watching our games. So, yeah, being I think versatility is a good word for that. And of course, because you're uh, right after the fastest girl up there, being even decent runner <laughs> helps a lot. Yeah, well, the, the the versatility you talk about is quite interesting because um, as somebody like me who's really interested in the tactics of the game, um, I see a lot when I'm watching the number two batters just how many different hitting types that they have up their sleeve and um, just the different types of, of strategies and tactics they use. Um, we've obviously finished the regular season uh, now and we've moved on to the postseason, and uh, you have a very important game uh, coming up. Um, but what has your highlight of this season been so far? Hmm, I, when I saw this question, I really this is the one I probably thought the most about before uh, joining you here because it's a difficult question for me because I don't really have a specific game or achievement in mind that I would call a highlight over others this season, but. Um, this is okay. I'm gonna give another little bit cheesy warning here, but <laughs> I think because last season for me, which was my last one in Superpasis, uh, it was very challenging for me. And I think the biggest highlight for me this season has been finding the joy in the sport again that I I've loved and I've lived for pretty much all of my life because I don't really remember the time before I was six years old. So I'm I'm just happy that I've. Um, I've been happy playing the sport again, and I think it has shown from me again. Mm. And I've played pretty solid seasons so far, so I think just achieving that level that I know I can play on again has been the biggest highlight. Well, I, uh, I've been looking at your your stats online, and uh, to say that you're one of the the star players that have been. Uh, brought in to try and lift the team to uh, Super Pisces is um, well, a, bit, a bit of an odd statement perhaps for you to hear, but it, it certainly seems to be doing the trick and uh, fingers crossed you'll uh, you'll make it at the end of this uh, postseason. Um, we've obviously had um, a lot of ups and downs this year and indeed last year with the coronavirus. Um, has it impacted on your season at all? Um, luckily, not really, because some teams have had games cancelled or they have to take the two weeks off for the quarantine. And we haven't uh, got affected by the virus like that. So we've been very lucky this season because it barely has affected us at all. The only time it kind of affected our doing was when um, our men's team was quarantined for two weeks and we got like better practice times for that two weeks. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, it. It hasn't really had an impact on us, luckily. Well, we know that, um, as you say, some of the um, some of the other games in different uh, leagues have been cancelled or postponed, and moving on to a points per game 
um, thing as well. We um, we talked a little bit about memorable experiences this season, but do you have any particular memories from your career so far? Um, I think the most memorable <laughs> was, of course, the time when I first got... Um, assigned to a super PCs team of course because that was always the lifelong dream for the, like for me growing up and then once I actually got to play in super PCs I think the most memorable times have been uh, the times when I have been able to um, how would you say it in English here's where the terminology is kind of tricky but take out I guess uh, some of the fastest runners in the opposite teams. And that's when I kind of realized that, yo, I can do this on this level. So <laughs> those little things in the, just um, even during games that weren't even that important, like not even playoffs or anything. You're a, a Siapari as well, aren't you? Yes, yes. Because I, I spoke with um, Sally Palolav, the um, Royo Teret, uh, recently about the skills it takes to be uh, a Siapari as well. And um, she was talking about reflexes be, being key. Um, and that really ties in with, with something you were just mentioning about, uh, you know, really uh, being able to, to nail, you know, collecting the ball, throwing the ball, uh, taking out a runner very quickly. Um, are there any other skills, do you think, that uh, it, it helps to be a, a decency a party? Um, well, of course, having a good arm helps a lot so you you're able to you don't even have to be like the strongest uh, thrower in the team but you have to be one of the fastest because like she said it's all about the reflexes but it also what happens after that and then i think just the ability to kind of read the batter as in looking at their steps or the way they're facing how like to kind of predict what kind of um, solution or type of uh, batting they're gonna choose so, because also, I mean, um, of course, <laughs> having great rep uh, reflexes helps. But if you're able to predict kind of the events that are going to happen, it also helps a lot. Well, I um, I don't know if you know much about my background, but I have a big background in cricket as well, and it's it's one of those kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, um, being like a slip fielder or or, or somebody who's feeling very close like what they, what they call silly uh, mid on or silly point or whatever um you have to have those kind of skills not only to predict but also the reflexes because generally speaking you won't have the time to react on your own unless you're uh, unless you're thinking ahead where they might place the ball um so it's, it's quite interesting to see uh, some of the similarities there that you mentioned um I noted as well from your stats that um, you had, um, is it right that you had a, a, an Italansi selection in 2016 for the, the girls? Yeah, for the like B juniors, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, and did you remember much about that game at all? It was quite some time ago, probably. Um, I remember little bit of it i remember that um i kind of got <laughs> into an argument with the coach that was selected <laughs> in the same game that kind of kept going for the past 
four or five years still. We still are very <laughs> good friends with him because of that. But basically, I was supposed to play a lot more in that game that I actually ended up playing. So, of course, that was a big disappointment for myself. But I got over it, of course. But <laughs> I just, um, of course, it was, um, I was proud and honored to get picked for sure. But I just wished I actually got some more playtime. Yeah. Well, I managed to make it to the uh, the Italanti, um the women's and the men's game um, this year, um, but I, I didn't manage to catch the, the junior games uh, the day before. Um, you can probably see behind me my Italanti scarf that I've uh, pin, pinned to the wall. <laughs> um, but um, you, you talk about um, sort of enduring uh, friendships and, and uh, contacts that you've made in the sport. Um, but what what are some of the difficulties and challenges that uh, that you faced in your career? Um, well, luckily, I've uh, I've been spared for um, any bad injuries, and I haven't had challenges like that. But I I definitely think the biggest challenge in my whole career was the entirety of the season twenty twenty because I had. Um, I had very big expectations for, well, yes, for the team, but especially for myself, of course, because um, during the past two seasons leading up to 2020, I had taken very big um, steps in my improvement and I had kind of solidified my place as a number two better as well for that team. And I think it was after 2019 when I got actually um, awarded as the best player of the team. And then came uh, season 2020 and we had some um, changes in our coaches uh, during the winter season and then when summer season came I wasn't able to uh, play on the level that I was uh, I was expecting myself to play in and it was very um, uh, challenging to even on (laughs) my mentality and then bottom line my mental health during that season and it showed a lot in my doing. And then it just added more pressure and more kind of uh, mental problems. And then it even reflected on my uh, playing even more. So it was kind of an endless cycle when yeah. it started happening. And just the entirety of that season, it just got pretty much worse and worse for me. Yeah. Well, it, it, psychology is, is something that... Um, a lot of uh, professional teams in various leagues around the world are starting to to latch on to and and understand it a little bit more um but in sports where there's um very little um money going around or where there's very little um opportunity for psychologists to be employed by a club it it's still not quite um catching up um well I'm I'm pleased to hear that this year is a big contrast to that because when when you opened the show you said that um you know you you're enjoying playing again so that's that's a big positive. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's kind of um it sounds very sugar-coated when I say it but I think for me my biggest of course I um I've been on board with teams like goals for this season and I do everything for the team but for personal goals for myself this season was to kind of 
like I said in the beginning, kind of find that joy, that motivation, that just drive to play again and to enjoy the sport again. Because I was, I kind of, um, I had already decided to end my career after last season, but then I got the call, uh, got the call from Hamina, and um, I was, I thought about it a lot, and it wasn't an instant yes from me. But then I figured that, do I want to um, end something that I have been doing uh, so many years of my life? I don't want to do the math because it makes me feel old. <laughs> <But> <laughs> But do I want that to be my last memory of it? And like, do I want to end on that note? And I'm happy I didn't. Well, I'm I'm glad that you um, you made that decision. You you've had such a great season. It's uh, it's been a pleasure to uh, to see that develop. Um, one of the other things that um, I, I know a lot of other players, in particular uh, women, uh, female players, um, have said is the balance between work and playing time and, and uh, things like that can be quite difficult and certainly uh, financially as well. Um, ha- have you found that as well? Um, yes and no. I think I've been lucky enough um, that my parents have been able to help me a little bit. And of course, I've gotten a little bit of um, like salary from my clubs so I can focus only on baseball during the actual season. But I think... More, more challenges have been during the winter seasons because um, especially when I was still playing in Super Pesis and I was studying in University of Applied Sciences uh, and those places happened to be 500 kilometers apart. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was a lot. So I faced more challenges than trying to balance out the uni and I was working two jobs and then I was playing Super Pesis on well, far away. <laughs> and actually, it ended up me getting a very bad burnout, but also that uh, taught me a lot. And I'm, I can't, I can't really say I'm happy that it happened. But like I said, it teaches you a lot when you um, reach your limits in that way. Yeah. <laughs> but nowadays, I just recently graduated. So I'm not studying anymore, not from the university, but <laughs> from another school. Right. So now I've been, I've been able to balance out baseball and or Pesapallo and my work very nicely because I can kind of make my work schedule around Pesapallo. And even though you were thinking of you know calling it time on your a career and you've you, you've now come back um, this season, what are your longer term goals? Do you, do you have any aspirations still for the future? Um, this is a hard question because <laughs> I, uh, especially when it comes to festival, I try to not think ahead uh, or like too much far ahead because I want to focus on today and tomorrow and like this season, this game, this practice. I want to go like step by step. But pretty much my um, goal or <laughs> wish or whatever when it comes to festival still is that if I want to still keep playing I am able to do so because I started as an entrepreneur so it's it becomes a little bit more difficult for me to move to another uh, city for the summer but I I think my high hope for Pesapalo is like I said that if I still have the fire in me to keep going after this season I'm able to do so 
Well, uh, Nina, thank you very much for joining me uh, on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to uh, talk to you. Oh, and I wish you all thank the best of the look. <laughs> Not at thank all. you. Take care. <laughs> thank you. You too. Bye-bye. I'm joined now on the uh, podcast by Sasu Toika of Haminen Paloliat, um, who is in fact the captain of the team. Uh, Sasu, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. And um, in fact, I, I interviewed one of your, um, well, I suppose you could call, call them club mates, Nina, uh, from the women's team recently as well. Um, I often ask very similar questions um, about how people start to get into Pesapalo. Um How did you start to get into Pesapalo? Oh, well, I'm from here, Hamina. I have born here. And uh, this is a little city. And uh, I think here's, here is uh, nothing else than Pesapalo. And uh, my uncle played back in the days, also Pesapallo in Hirhamina and Tampere and Jyväskylä. So uh, my parents took me to the uh, baseball ground and uh, that that's it. <laughs> like, like, but I think uh, they give me the baseball bat before I, I can walk. So <laughs> that, that, that was how it goes. And one of the other things I often ask people is are the hobbies, because a lot of the um, a lot of the people I meet who get into Pesapalo uh, from other countries have other sporting hobbies too. I, uh, for example, um, used to play cricket when I was younger. My dad's a big uh, cricket fan. Um, so, what other interests and hobbies do you have? Uh, right now, I don't have a time. Uh, anything other hobbies, but. Uh... When I was uh, younger, I played also ice hockey, and uh, and uh, all the ball games was uh, in my interestings. And uh, uh, nowadays, I also study. I'm studying an apropathy, and uh, so so uh, finish baseball and studies take all the time. Well, you mentioned ice hockey um, there. In fact, last year you um, played for the uh, Kovalev. Uh, team in the e playoffs uh, because the the playoffs were cancelled due to uh, the coronavirus. But you ended up playing for their um, their e playoff series, their their online uh, game. Um, how did that come about? Uh, good question. <laughs> uh, I played a lot of PlayStation when I was a younger, and uh, I think in the Coco they asked. Uh, my friend to play, but uh, he he doesn't play so well with the PS4. So I think he he said that I would like to join their their team. So uh, then they called me and uh, I said of course. And uh, it was a interesting interesting session. Well, I, I followed that uh, quite closely because obviously I, I saw that you were involved in it. So I thought, oh, that'd be really interesting to, to follow as well. 
you talked about um, you're, you're from Hamina, and most people will know you for recent years playing for local rivals, Kola. Um, but you're back in Hamina now. How does it feel uh, to be playing for Hamina back in Super Pisces? Uh It was my dream. Like I was a little kid that uh, I would like to play the Super Pesis in Hamina. And uh, uh, my recent place here in Hamina back in the 10 years ago, uh, then I moved to Kouvola and uh, played there. And, uh, and then comes this opportunity to come back here Hamina. And uh, I think it was the dream come true. And uh, it is like uh, anything else team, like uh, you play in Kowala or Hamina, it's the same thing. But uh, I think this is uh, something special for me. We, you mentioned at the start of uh, the show that um, Pesapolo is very important for, for Hamina. It's, it's one of the only main things in, in the town. How important, in fact, is it to Hamina? Uh, of course, here's another sports like ice hockey and football and so on. But uh, uh, I think it's uh, very important because uh, the uh, there's a spectators in the games so much and uh, people talk a lot about Pesapallo in the city and uh, it's. In my opinion, it's a very, very big thing in in Hamina. One of the um, things that I wanted to ask you was uh, about the role of being a captain. What kind of things do you need to do as a captain for a Pespolo team? Um, I think it's uh, the most important thing is uh, the link between the players and coaches and uh, the officer workers. And uh, of course, captain does things like uh, uh, discussions with uh, other players and uh, like a like a big brother or something like that. But uh, you know, it's a, like a how can I say that the head head of the team. You know that the uh, front front head. I don't know how to say that, but uh, you know, like. First of yeah. all, captain cap comes comes and uh, tells opinions and so on. Now, uh, this season started um, with you having an injury, or uh, prior to the season, um, and you've been recovering from from that ever since. Um, what injury was it that you you suffered from? I suffered from um, Achilles rupture. Uh, it was a last year's final games, last game, and uh, uh, I ruptured that Achilles, and uh, that was a long long rehabilitation, and, and still it's going on. I'm not uh, like 100%, and, uh, but it's a long way, and but if you're doing sports, you have to prepare something like that could come. You mentioned about preparing for the season and trying to, to return. Um, we've seen you as a joker earlier on. You now returned as um, 
as a player in the infield as well. So you, you're first baseman. Um, how have you managed that that process? How have you found it? Uh, of course, that was also a long long pro- project. But uh, in the in the winter, I first started to make my calves stronger and uh, a little by little running more and more and uh, then there came some uh, inflammation in the achilles and uh, uh, it it had to you know open again another surgery but uh, then it was uh, about two months that i cannot do anything but uh, uh, like I said, little by little, running more and more, and uh, now my Achilles can take this this much, and uh, I can operate in in infield and outfield. Well, it's good to see you um, making those strides forward. Um, what has been your highlight of the season so far? I hope the highlights are still coming, but. Uh, <laughs> I remember the first game uh, because it was a special moment for me come back in Hyohamina and and Wallikenta and uh, that was very memorable moment for me but uh, still anything special not happened yet I, I hope it still coming Well there are some important games um coming up obviously this weekend um, and I obviously wish you all the best of luck for those. Um, part of this season as well has been um, interrupted by the coronavirus. Now, um, I know that the team had to self-isolate um, for, for a short period. How do you think that the coronavirus has impacted your season overall? Uh, well, in I, I think that... Uh team is like performance or something like that it hasn't uh, a lot out of but uh, the season started in uh, June a bit late and uh, of course that quarantine was uh, late of July but uh, I think the most important thing that corona has affected is the like spectators and uh, like visitors in the Vallikenttä. There's much, you know, fever audience, like if if no coronavirus. Yeah. Well, it, it's a shame. I, I I managed to catch a game live at Vallikenttä um, the other week when I was in in Finland. It was the uh, Kankampan Myla game. Um, so it was it was great to see the stadium. It was. It, very atmospheric, um, but yeah, the, the crowd numbers were, were down, so that was a shame. As part of the sort of time frame when you had the quarantine, um, you actually changed game managers as well, and it looks as though the team's points per game has improved um, since then. What did you make of the different approaches uh, that the game managers have had to the game. Um, I think uh, nothing special happened after the change, but uh, 
if I had something to say, it would be like uh, nowadays it is a more aggressive system to play. And uh, and uh, of course, uh, start of the season, we have a lot of uh, injuries and uh, now we are all all in the lineup. So it's more easy to start the playing if everybody are in the game. But uh, nothing special have changed. Maybe, you know, the focus, focus is, uh, like, like I said, more aggressive and, uh, mm. you know. Well, that, that's something I, I actually picked up when I, I saw the game uh, the other week and, and I've noticed Hamina seem to be attacking the game a lot more. Um, it, it's been really interesting to see the, the team develop and, and, as you say, when people have come back off injuries, yourself included, um, how that's building. Now, before you came to Hamina, of course, you, you've had quite a, um, a, a strong career uh, so far with um, KPL. Um, and in fact, you uh, silver medalist twice, bronze once. Um, what are your memories or, or uh, experiences from those times? Uh, of course, the finals. Uh, they, there is something special, you know, atmosphere and uh, all the focus is in the games and uh, all the free time you have, you just thinking about the game and how you could be a better player or or better performance. And that's something magical, magical time. And uh, I think the finals are the best moments of my career. Of course, there's much more like uh, Italansi, uh, West versus East games, and uh, all the seasons are different, different, and there's much good things. But uh, if one I have to pick, it's the uh, finals, and I think the uh, last year's finals, like uh, mm. we 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 were. Uh, one win more, and we would be the champions, and that's that's. So, but yeah. that's the sport is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I I was watching the finals last year, and um, it, it was that game um, against Otkamo at KSS. That Ropakorhon and Konya York. So, if if it weren't for that, <laughs> at the end of the game, you know, it it could have been could have been a gold medal. Um, for you taking there, but you know that's that's Ropa for you. <laughs> I think that many times, but uh, but it doesn't go anywhere. I, <laughs> you have to live with it. Yeah. Um, so that's the past. But uh, what are your goals? What are your aspirations for the future? Um, I think the first one is uh, make the best version of me, like a back. Uh, rehabil- rehabilitation to the, uh, you know, back in the running, the best version of of me. But uh, I want the champion. I want to won, win something. And uh, I don't know, is it here in Hamina or somewhere else? But uh, that would be great. And uh, that's why we practice so much and. and we like to win. Well, 
It's been an absolute pleasure um, talking with you, Sasu. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I know it's a very busy time for you as well at the moment. So thank you for finding the time um, for me. Thank you. It was a pleasure for me also. And so that'll just about do it for uh, this episode of the podcast. I want to thank our special guests for joining us. And of course, uh, my co-host, Mikko Pirhonen. Uh, Mikko, thank you for joining us from the wonderfully sunny and warm uh, Italian countryside. Yeah, uh, always a pleasure. And uh, it feels weird to watch the like the playoff games uh, pan out in Finland and the players are playing in plus five, plus six Celsius. And uh, over here, I'm just complaining about the weather being plus 30 all the, all the time. So I will just stop complaining and enjoy the games. And that just leaves me, your host, Ian Albert. Uh, thank you very much uh, for listening. Please do uh, subscribe to the podcast and uh, like, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also follow some of my writings on the blog. That's superpessisroundup.blogspot.com. Or occasionally you'll see me writing for the Poltolinia website. And you can, of course, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook as well. But until next time, we'll see you soon. If you've got something that's hidden for